0: Warning: The Noted Podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. There will also be spoilers for various anime throughout the course of this episode. Please use caution in case we discuss the series you haven't finished. Finally, the opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and may not reflect the Noted Podcast as a whole. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Dumb Talk, where a group of nerds come together to talk about the latest and greatest in English notes for anime. I'm Jet, and I'm joined tonight by Andrew.
1: Heyo, how's it going, everybody?
0: And uh, tonight we have a special guest from Podcast Today. It's our friend Alex.
2: Welcome listen there oh wait a minute this is the wrong show. Sorry, force of habit. I, I got know. dragged to an international portal again, damn it. I hate when that happens. Don't you hate it when you get dragged to an international
1: portal to Neptune and then Neptune is full of a bunch of ice women
2: from Japanese folklore? That's only ever happened to me twice, but yes.
0: Uh something something too nickels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh so uh tonight we're here for uh so tonight we're here for a bit of an interesting episode uh we're here to cover the so uh we're here to cover the dub to uruse Yatsura, specifically the new version uh that came out a few months ago for those of you who don't have any uh, familiarity with uruse Yatsura, i'll tell you probably should it's uh... <laughs> so, uh it has a pretty important place in uh I get anime pizzeria as the thing that kind of uh regenerated a lot of tropes you're familiar with, but uh for a plot summary from An and Earth and Yasura is the story of the unluckiest and most lecherous man alive, Ataru Moroboshi. When alien alias decide to to invade the Earth, Ataru is readily selected to defend his planet by playing a game that the alias national sport tag. Should he win, the world will be saved. However, Otru is motivated by far less noble reasons as what he plays against is revealed to be the curvaceous alien princess Lum. The game goes on for ten days, and on the last day, Ataru, motivated by his girlfriend, ensuring a marriage, and consequently, a marriage night, as one can assume, should he win, finally catches Lum. However, with his victory, he gives a cry of joy for his coming marriage, which is misinterpreted by Lum to be a marriage proposal. She promptly agrees, beginning the two's marriage together.
1: So, I will say... <laughs> This. I have had zero history, attachment, or any knowledge about Urusei Yatsura or even a lot of Takahashi's Rubiko Takahashi's catalog of work outside of really any Yasha. But I realized a couple of things during my time going through this, as well as one kind of funny thing after the fact. So when this project... This project is more or less a 40th anniversary greatest hits of Urusei Yatsura being done now by David Production. This is not the entire manga. This is basically a collection of various chapters throughout the entirety of, like, what, a nine-year run?
0: Yep, it's pretty long.
1: Yep. So, yeah. so it's not a full thing, but it's like basically an episode does at least two or three chapters per episode. So it's a brisk pace, but it's going through the entire Greatest Hits catalogue of yatra
2: Yeah. The funny and That's f- why I'm here, because I can relay some historical context as to why the series is a big deal for a lot of people. The thing I realized just going through this is that
1: I think there's like five or six mangaka in particular that basically created every single anime and manga genre under the Land of the Rising Sun. And Rumiko Takahashi is one of them. I'd say she's probably among the likes of uh, Osamu Tezuka, Go Nagai, and Akira Toriyama, just to name a few. It's that level of, like, prestige. And this was... This was the originator of a lot of stuff.
2: Yep. When you begin in 1978 and you basically lay down the ground floor for uh, various genres and tropes, uh, yeah, you're gonna make a lot of money in the long run, yep. because uh, as mentioned, this dates all the way back to 1978. 45 years!
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely interesting, especially and in, like um, just looking over like the chronology of Takahashi creating various genres. Cause this is a uh, uh, cause this I would say is arguably the progenitor of what I would call uh, the school girlfriend genre, which is a thing that doesn't exist quite as much anymore. But uh, yeah, you know, you had yourself like uh, oh my goddess and whatnot.
1: I, feel like- I think what so I want to say something. I want to at least share a little anecdote I saw when this was first announced. And I this, I was going into it when I first saw the show, back when we even covered it on Podcast A. with this in mind. Is that I saw a random internet commenter basically say, God, I can't believe they're going to do a new Ursa Yatsura in 2022. Like... It's so raunchy, and they're going to have to censor so much. It's going to be ridiculous. I don't think the snowflakes nowadays can handle it. And brother, <laughs> watching this today, this shit's adorable. <laughs> Positively adorable. I believe in 1978, throughout the entirety of like the 80s, when this and the anime were big... This was pushing the envelope. I believe this was raunchy. I believe this was indeed a little bit shocking. I have seen 40 years of everything that has come since. This is so cute. It's almost adorable and maybe even downright saccharine in comparison to the (laughs) things that would come after it. It's a girl, like, the Skippy bikini is, like, adorable, genuinely kind of classy, and I know a bunch of people who are like, oh man, I'd, I'd fucking kill for that. that, that looks so stylish. The entirety of the show is basically just putting Lum and, like, all these other cute girls that they keep introducing throughout in cute outfits. It's kind of an excuse for the scenarios. It's like, okay, here's a sci-fi, br- here's a sci-fi bikini, here's a beach bikini, here's them dressed up for New Year's, here's them going to school. It's it's just, it's so cute and genuinely charming that the fact that somebody's like, oh, this is too raunchy, you could never get away with this today. I think either a the person who said that was talking out their ass. Or was thinking of Rodma one half?
0: Yeah, Rodma is the one you probably. Yeah, yeah Rodma's the one you're probably going to get away with today.
2: Yeah, that 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 would be uh, uh, very questionable given some of those uh, elements. But as far as this goes, I think a lot of those complaints have to do with uh, our supposed main characters' antics. And here, I'm here to remind all of you, context. It is what centers the comedy it's how the joke is portrayed and projected that's what makes it the joke that's what makes him the fool the farcical the, the farcical fool if you will like
1: otaru is so clearly the butt of the joke like nine times out of ten it, it's his own undoing it's his own horny lecherous ass and the fact that he is so horny and lecherous, and is like, "Oh God, this lum, she's so annoying. Get off my dick, girl." And it's like, bro, what, what, what are you fucking smoking? What is your damage? Oh my God, dude, you are fumbling every bag in the known universe. What the fuck? What are you doing? Sundere, Pikachu Alien Girl wants all of you! (laughs) You fucking fool! You fucking imbecile! Decades later, decades later, everybody is looking at you going, God, I wish that were me! Get out of the way, you fucking fucking fool! (laughs) Uh,
2: The series that launched a historic career, because remember, Without Ruciyashu, we don't get Rama One Half or Inuyasha, and we also don't get other titles to come afterwards from, creator- from creators who took this as inspiration. Though we also did get very, very bad titles that uh, I'll be nice and say kind of rip off this this uh, idea in various ways. Anyways, to all you horny weebs who like love your debauchery
1: and edgy shit, you literally have. The woman, the myth, the legend herself, Rumiko Takahashi, to thank for your fucking Ahigao t shirts. Just saying, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright. Uh, well, at any rate, uh, we are here tonight, 2D to Snussey Dub uh, produced at Sentai Filmworks, so uh, we probably should get around
1: to doing that. Let's get around to that, shall we? Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, so, as always, uh, we'll start us off by talking about the. Uh, ADR staff for the show. So, uh, for the voice director on this dub, we have one Shannon Reed. And for the adapter writer, we have Holly Sagara. Uh, Shannon Reed has done directed on dubs such as Run With The Wind, Shirabako, Chihaya Furu, and Oshinoko. And Hawaii Sagara has done scripts on such shows as One Piece, IQ Season 2, Obeyed the to new Sabbath season, and a show I know is near and dear to Andrew here, Girlfriend, Girlfriend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. Wait, wait, did she actually? Yes. I didn't know, wait, Holly wrote Girlfriend, Girlfriend? Yep. That is news to me, wow. I like how you say that one's near and dear to my heart, and you throw in, oh, maidens in your savage season.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to go for the funnier one. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, before we get into this uh, discussion, I'm, g- I'm going to make what is probably a bit of a bold declaration but hear me out. Uh, I think, uh, so admittedly, I have not seen, like, all of the table dubs they put out, because there is, like, a mud or something like that regularly. But of the ones that I have personally seen, I think this might actually be among, if not maybe the best simuldome I've heard from Sentai. Uh, the re- uh, reason I say this is that uh, I like a lot of duds from Sentai, but uh, at least as far as simuldomes are concerned, uh, they do kind of they do have a little bit of trouble with those. Um,
1: I I think... So, okay, so two things. One, I do not think... It is Girlfriend, Girlfriend you are thinking of. I think you might be thinking of Real Girl.
0: Uh, I mean, I checked A and then Girlfriend, Girlfriend came out.
1: Domestic Girlfriend. Uh. You're thinking of Domestic Girlfriend.
2: Oh, yeah, there it is, yeah.
1: I, did, I didn't want to like second guess you, but I was like, I literally
2: did a dub talk on that. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. Okay, but uh, D- domestic I- girlfriend. I-, so. I-, I-, I can throw in one more just to uh, round everything up. Why the hell are you here, teacher? <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. That.
1: That'll do it. I think I do. I think I do get what you're saying, though. In that, I think Sentai does some interesting work with a lot of their dub, their dub But I think the make or break.
0: It. Is
1: the flow of the conversations. Yeah. Because I think there's there's a lot of I think some of the writers at, at Sentai and High Dive or whatever are good at what they do, but sometimes it's a little too accurate or a little too close to the script.
0: Yeah, uh yeah, and I think the thing that kinda of tends to hit their down at the particular is, um, is time constraints, because um because, uh, yeah, it can be pretty difficult to do stuff on a simulcast schedule. As uh, so I know we're pretty used to getting simul now, but, like, it really can be hard to get a lot of stuff done perfectly.
2: I recall this came out a little bit later than other titles, um, I believe, th- probably for that reason. Yeah. I believe this came out in December, Yeah, while this
1: was, yeah.
0: Yeah, Oh, uh, yeah, that's actually something I was going to point out, because uh, we had a bit of a longer wait for this dub. And uh, to the point, uh, a lot of people were wondering what, what, what it was actually going to come out, and uh, it ended up coming out uh, quite a few months later than we were expecting. But um, honestly, so, uh, you can definitely... So the funniest... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Sorry, I know i cutting you off here, but I'm kind of going into this. The funniest thing, I remember the delay for the start of the dubcast. A lot of people were speculating this had to do with, because uh, DiscoTech recently... Got the right to the original Urusei Yatsura anime, and for a discotech release, that one is uncharacteristically bare bones. And from a lot of people's understanding, it was that the holders of the IP for this one are really protective. So I figured a lot of that delay was that they were going to be really protective of a dubcast for. Or Yatsura getting an English dub.
0: Yeah, that was also and the assumption I pan up against this, so I was expecting. So I was expecting a dub to be. So I was a dub to be like really, really one-to-one, like literally, like no changes whatsoever. And,
1: and now that I've seen it, that is not what happened at all. Mm-hmm. I, I I think they made a conscious choice at some point, realizing. I don't think they're gonna get the cultural accuracy, nor are they going to get time period accurate language. So at some point, the decision was made: fuck it, let's get what's funny and what flows good. <laughs> and I'm going to. Be, I feel like for some people who like consider something like we were saying Yatra sacred, that might rub some people a l- the wrong way, but I'm going to be honest, I got a fucking kick out of the fact that shit like you, You're you an Uncultured Swine got in the dub. <laughs> uh,
2: my takeaway is that this was uh, laid out, directed, and scripted at, at times like a sitcom. Think like I don't know, Married with Children or It's Always Funny in Philadelphia. But at times when things get really manic, very much akin to, say, Excel Saga, in a way.
0: Oh, wow, that's what I was thinking. I
2: I don't know if the intent was to emulate what Matt Greenfield did with shows of that ilk, but if it was, happy coincidence. If not, even happier coincidence. But yes, I will definitely say
1: that I feel like The biggest hurdle that some people have with a lot of Sentai stuff is that... It almost seems a little too... uh, How do do I describe this? A little too... A little too accurate. I know people want 100%. People who say they want 100% authenticity... Are full of shit. And don't actually know what they want. The reality is... Letting loose and having fun, especially in your directing, especially in your script, shows in the final product, and this show just feels fun. This dub feels fun, and it is that level of charm, zaniness, and just weird, zany bullshit that really made it a surprisingly charming watch, and a much more enjoyable dub than I think I was actually expecting out of this
0: uh, honestly, I'm uh, saying you could really uh, it really tell the extra time they had. Uh, they really used it well.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm considering this as a make good for the fact that Sentai uh, never dubbed uh, Renee, another Takahashi series. I, I'm still mythed about that. I'm going to be honest.
1: I. Oh, God, I forgot Renee even came. Oh, my God. I would have liked to have seen that, okay? Was that the one where he had a scythe, and it ran for, like, 70 episodes? Yes. Ah.
2: Eh. I guess. I'm just saying, I would have liked to have seen it, I enjoyed my time with Renee. I mean, there's always Mal, which... That just seems a when, not if. Oh,
1: yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably gonna happen eventually. Which I, I cannot believe she, she is still kick. She's still doing it because mm-hmm. at this point she
2: actively has nothing to prove anymore. She's yeah. She's just doing it because she wants to. When you have created Urusei Yatsura, Rama one half, and Inuyasha, you're at the point where you don't really need to keep working, but you're still in it for the love of the game, and I find that very admirable. But, yeah, definitely for this dub in
1: particular, like, I always... I like Shannon's stuff. I think he's a really interesting director, especially when he gets to do something fun and he gets to really play around with it. This is a show he's actually really getting to play around with, and I think Holly's script is also really doing it a lot of favors, too. I think it's a good combination. And I think just... I think the active decision of cutting loose... And just going, all right, we're going to play this like a silly comedy, silly sitcom and zany comedy.
2: Time period authenticity be damned. <laughs> I mean, that's how you get wild lines like, that's redonkulous in the show. I did remember, I did remember that's redonkulous. I did quite like that one. <laughs> there's, a, there's,
1: a, there's a lot of good little zingers like that. They're just kind of loaded throughout. I, oh. Oh. I guess this one's a little more for uh, when we get to Lum, but I need to give a specific shout-out to one thing in particular, because this showed to me they knew, and I thought this was a really cute detail. So in episode five, when they basically make a fake love letter for Ataru, and they have a girl posing as this love thing... And then she gets sick because she eats a shit ton of food. and So Lum's like, oh, he's gonna get stood up and he's gonna deserve it. And then she's like, I feel bad. So Lum dresses up as another girl named Otako, which, god, that is such a cute, stylish outfit. I really love it. When she's posing as the fake girl, they give her a British accent and inflection why is that important alex
2: you see uh back in the year 2000 i think it was some variety sketch comedy show on the bbc in britain obviously decided to do a gag dub of a couple scenes of the original yatsura anime from 1982 and the legend of this grew to where people thought this was a real lost English dub. Uh, No, it wasn't. It was just a one-off comedy bit. And this is just a fun little Easter egg for those in the know. About the BBC quote-unquote English dub. (laughs) So,
1: like, I think that more than anything was kind of what clicked for me. Oh, this is... They know they didn't have to do that. There was no reason they had to give Lum an English accent for that scene. And they did. But for those who knew, that is a cute Easter egg that I guarantee you not even the Japanese did. So you know what? Kudos to Shannon, kudos to Holly, kudos to the people working on the stub. That there's a lot of very fun choices throughout i think in general just makes what i feel like could have just been an okay project into something a lot more charming and fun and honestly i'm here for that
0: hey and uh with that we should probably get into talking some, talking about some of the characters
1: which so for full disclosure we are only talking about season one which is the first 11 episodes of the show which usually I'd like to do the full 23 episodes that are available. But I realize the problem is Ursa Yatsura keeps inflating its cast every episode. <laughs> so at some point I went from arguing, hey Jet, why don't we do more of this to realizing, oh no, you are right to limit this. Which, shout out to a lot of the other people who are in the second half of this dub, notably like, Rachel Massar, and a VTuber by the name of Coakley? So shout-outs to them in particular. But yeah, this cast is big. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, even for the first half, there's a couple of uh, characters I've had to admit just to keep things simple. Uh, I, like, I would have liked to talk about the teacher David Wall plays just because I think that's funny, but, uh,
1: yeah, you know, I love the teach. teacher David Wald plays. David Wald is... Are there bad David Wald performances? Uh, not I that I've heard. D- I I don't think there are. I, I'm, I'm, like, struggling to... Th- you know what? David Wald is perfect. There is nothing he has done wrong in this entire world. I second that notion.
0: Alright, so, uh... <laughs>
1: Right. So, anyways, what well, the point is we had to limit the people we talked about. We didn't get everybody, but we got a good chunk of them.
0: Yep. Uh, so, with that, it's time to talk about uh, some of the ensemble cast. So, we have Sakura, Cherry, Ryuki, Benton, Ron, Ray, Ataru's mom, and Ataru's dad, and Lub's So
1: Just to name a few. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, so Sakura is a so Sakura is a shrine maiden who uh, Audrey runs in around episode two or so, and uh, after uh, inadvertently helping her get rid of a bunch of spirits that were cursing her, uh, she ends up uh, becoming a school nurse at Audrey's school and uh, projects in Sue.
2: She is the hottest <laughs> character in the show. Uh, they, they knew what they did when they wrote Hello, Nurse in the episode description. <laughs> also, they knew what they did. Also, she might actually be in a committed relationship, which, you know what? Good for her. Good for her. Good for good for her. Good, good for her. And, and good for uh, the hair upgrade, going from those weird 80s designs to what I'm calling Kagome hair. She... She really looks like Kagome, especially <laughs> in the shrine maiden attire.
1: Also, also her boyfriend is Adam Gibbs, yep. which yeah, good for. Her. Also, <laughs> girls got an appetite that doesn't quit. Yeah, no. She, oh fuck, yeah, she is. I'm gonna stop before I say something embarrassing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why stop now?
1: Uh, Touche.
0: And. So, uh, continuing, uh, Cherry as uh, uh, Cherry is Sakura's uncle, and he's a uh, he's uh, he's a wandering monk who uh, gets involved with Aru because of his incredibly terrible luck. And um, Oyuki is one of Lum's alien friends. Uh, specifically, she is clearly based off of uh, Yukio in Japanese folklore.
1: <laughs> which, 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 the funniest thing to me about this show is literally every single alien is just based off of Japanese folklore. Just every single one of them. Lumps and Oni, she's a Yuki Ona, just, just, just all of them. I think that one girl that, like, tries to get to the one girl that's Sleeping Beauty, just like a crow thing. I, I forget what they're called, uh, but it's Tengu. like a
2: uh, the, the Tengu. Tengu, yeah, she's a Tengu. <laughs> Just sure. Why not? I can't believe I know what a Tengu is from Power Rangers of all things. God, I kind of forgot Tengu with crow, but yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, continuing. Uh, be- uh, continuing. Ben is another one of uh, it's another one of Blum's friends, and uh, she is uh, specifically based off of Ben who I believe is supposed to be like a goddess from I think Jinto mythology. It's supposed to represent, like, luck, I believe, like one of the four lucky gods, I
1: think. I just saw her costume, and my first thought was she looks like she just jumped out of Knights of the Zodiac. Uh,
0: Ah, (laughs) totally. Yeah, it does look like a very Knights of the Zodiac costume.
1: And then we have. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Saint Seiya, Saint Seiya. uh, Uh, Please put your pitchforks down. Okay,
0: I mean, mean, both titles are accurate according to Toei, so it's fine.
1: (laughs) Oh, Toei. Uh, right. If you would like to hear us talk shit about Toei, please turn into Surreal Resolutions <laughs> Podcast ONA. <That's> right. <laughs> please do. Got you covered, Alex. Don't worry.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, 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 Ron is another one of Lum's childhood friends, and she has the ability to suck to suck the youth for people with a kiss, and she attempts to use this on Atru as vengeance against Lum for all the time she screwed her over as a kid.
1: And then, Sure. <laughs>
0: Sure, why not? And then we have Ray, who is Love's ex fiance, he can kinda of turn into a giant tiger monster and he likes to eat a lot.
1: Sure. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and and uh, in... <laughs> then
1: so many of these are not very deep characters. It is very much just a simple I wanna do this gag this week, and then they became a character.
0: Uh, pretty much. And then we have Andreu's mom and dad, who are just very clearly very tired.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you know you suck when even your parents are like, oh oh buddy, oh yeah, I'm not
2: bailing you out of jail. Uh, You suck. Oh, Andreu's dead. Oh, that sucks. What's for dinner? I'm oh. They literally
1: see him in the o- the Oni dimension doing their war games, and then they're throwing shit at him, and you're like, well, he's in hell. Somehow I always knew. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, God, I, I, I... It's like, he deserves all of the shit that comes his way, but even sometimes you're just like, oh man, that's rough. Uh,
0: yeah, and then lastly, uh, yeah. and then lastly loves that, is like the head of the Oni clan, and the one who originally leads the invasion against Earth, and then, uh, because once Love is defeated, he just kind of chose her as like a cool dad of law. He's a very big. I,
1: I know people who are about Lum's dad specifically, as far as like their types. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. So who plays all of these characters, uh, Jet, and what are some past roles of theirs?
0: Yep, uh, so for Soccer, we have Brianna Roberts. For Jerry, we have John Swayze. For Yuki, we have Teresa Zimmerman. For Bed-Ted, we have Alyssa Foulier. For Rod, we have Donna Bella Litton. For Bray, we have Brandon Herzberger, For Otto Zabob, we have Joanne Bonasso. For Ataru's dad, we have Craig Daly. And for Lum's dad, we have Rob Bumble.
1: We gotta... Also, so, sorry. I, 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 there's no really good place for me put, to put this, but I want to shout out the Japanese in particular because the Japanese basically did clean slate of everybody. But Lum's dad is played... Lum's mom... Otaru's so, uh, dad is played by the original actor who played Otaru 40 years ago and Lum's mom is played by the original actress who played Lum 40 years ago, and I think that's really neat.
0: Yeah, that's cool casting. Uh, So continuing, uh, Brianna Roberts has done such roles as Blade Wing in A Dozen of Black Company, uh, Kanko Hwang in Fire Force, and Miranzo in Wrecking of Kings, John Swayze has played such characters as All for One in My Hero Academia, Hakama Nomoto in and Tora, and Leif Erickson in Vinland Saga. Frances Zimmerman has done characters such as Saki Kawasaki in My Teen Romantic Company Staffu, Marie in Is It Rocky Pickup Girls in a Dungeon, and Nanami Kuan in New Boy Kong Ming. Alyssa Collier has played those characters as Kai Shippemura in of The Final, uh, Muntoule in Land of the Lustrous, Hitoka Hongo in Ominous The New Savage Season, which is one I probably know her for.
2: And, mm-hmm.
0: and uh, Donna Bell Linton is a bit of a newer name at some time. She's played such roles as Rosa Oriana in The Eminence of Shadow, Plantus Moon in Farming Life in Another World, and most recently, I Ho in Ochinoko. Go. Mm. Brandon Herzberger has played such characters as John Montague in Vincent Valier de Ian, Chiu in Pony Pony Dash. And Tatsumiu in Tokyo Majin, which is a thing I remember from like, I don't know, a couple of decades ago. That was one of the early ADV things I watched. Uh, Joan has played such characters as Karmoto in Flag Witch, Hakiko Minase in Kanon, and Ryoko Tamiya in Parasite to Maxim. Greg Daly has played such characters as Haku in Uachari Ramoto: The False Faces, or Oh, look, I can't even say the name correctly. It's Underwater Ray Romano. Underwater Ray
1: Romano! Ray Romano. <laughs> it's, it's never not gonna be Underwater Ray Romano. Uh, it's just easier to say, because Utawade Rumono is just clunky to say.
0: Uh, pretty much. Uh, also, uh, he's played Tenba Hidake in Stage and Akira Hayami Food Wars. And actually, Rob Muggle, uh, you've definitely heard him in a lot of things, but uh, specifically such things as Bill Collins in Gunsmith Cats, Mr. Ace in One Piece, and Dumas and Kiba. Uh,
1: so... So I think we should probably group some of these characters together before we just go into this general discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the easiest one to sort of group together right now is probably all the parents,
0: um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's So I love Rob Mungle, especially as like pop pop because he's just got this big boisterous, loud, friendly <laughs> persona about him that just makes him incredibly charming and deary, like ha ha! Ah, ha, ha! Oh, oh that daughter of mine, oh my son-in-law.
2: Aren't you a little rascal, you? I'm gonna just rip your little head off. <laughs> <laughs> just, you need a big, brief, beefy brick house? You got one right here. Kind of reminds me of how uh, uh... the Ox King in Dragon Ball is portrayed as. Oh, oh my fucking god. <laughs> yeah,
0: but, 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 it basically is just the Ox King.
2: Oh my god, you're right.
1: <laughs> oh god, everything has an originator. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Okay. But no, I, I think Rob in particular is just a great choice. It's just this very boisterous, large, in-your-face man. But you can tell he's very friendly and cares about his family and all that. I think Rob's also just genuinely really funny in his a lot of his deliveries. Oh
0: yeah, this is a the kind of role He's very good at
2: it. It's a lot of fun. hmm And then, uh, Archie's parents. Uh... Oh, <laughs> bless their hearts. They're trying their best. They're in different levels of exasperated, done with this energy. She is uh, very much in the convicted. I, I'm ready to get out of this whole thing phase. While he is very much in the, oh God, why why are we doing this? Why, why do we have to do this? Why are you giving this to me? What is this? Uh, oh, it's not for divorce papers. I, I I saw that I was like, oh shit! Are we actually doing a divorce gag? And it's
1: it's fucking parent day. i was like, okay, okay. You know what? This a lot of the times I'm like, okay. You think you know where the gags are going? And that was one I was like, oh shit! I actually didn't know where that was going. Well played. Well played. Yeah.
2: So a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a uh, change of pace from what I've seen from you know my time with Rama and Inuyasha with these kind of characters. Uh, very much playing against typical type from, you know, my past experience. So, like,
1: Ataru's mom, she is, like, sassy and so just hates everything about the bullshit her son is involved in. She's not even, like, worried. She's just, like, you disgust me. Please do not embarrass me today. I swear to God, child. And then almost bangs an alien? (laughs) She sees, she sees Ray, she, she sees Ray we'll, and we'll we'll, we'll we'll get to him in a moment. We'll get to him in a second. But she just sees him and puts on the makeup and is like, "Oh, well, who's this young strapping young lad?" It's like fucking, almost going full housewife novel or like, I don't know, Chuck Tingle. Mm. No, that that's that is. That is gay erotica with metaphysical concepts, so I guess that wouldn't apply. Uh. But no, I, I think, like, I think Craig does, does a very good job playing the sort of, like, woe is me, oh, I can't deal with this kind of stuff. But I'm just kind of enamored by Joanne's just exacerbated, ah, oh, this shit again. Like, you could tell she's got, like... She's got the hard shit under the cabinets. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. But just genuinely like really funny like oh oh, thank god you didn't embarrass yourself today. I'm so proud of you. Like there are moments you can tell she kind of cares but th- she does a good job being like oh you are disgusting and I can't believe we are- share the same bloodline. And it's... it's very absurd, but you know what? It worked for me. Not very familiar with Joanne, but you know what? She did a really good job as uh, Mama Otaru. Or, uh, Mom... Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, my only other major point of reference for her is probably her character in *Bears of the Maxim, which, uh, that's definitely a very uh, different character if you remember that,
1: show. Is she the one that, like, holds the baby like it's a bag of chips? Yep. Okay, yes, I do actually remember Joanne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, that was an interesting character. Man,
0: Parasite... God,
1: how many years ago was Parasite the Maximum? Like, seven?
0: It's probably been that
2: long. Christ, what the fuck is time, friends? Time is not real. Uh, And neither are any of these characters' chances of romance. Oh, yeah. So, uh... Yeah,
1: before before we move on, uh, any any other thoughts about these uh, parental units?
0: Uh,
2: They're trying. (laughs) They're trying.
0: Uh, They're trying, and uh, doing a particular, just real backup job, just really, really perfect, just downright right here, energy.
1: So speaking of romantic disasters, (laughs) Ron and Ray. So like. I feel like Ray is the simpler one to go into because uh-huh. his gag is yelling, asking to marry him, eat the food, peace off... Like, as far as, like, cookie cutter, it's literally, I'm an angry man, but also a pretty boy, but also I'm hungry. It's like... <laughs> like this this feels like the kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, you, it it's so simple you could like write it on a napkin and it's just like,
0: yeah uh, <sighs> yeah, yeah I will say he definitely gets like, the simpler guys but I do think but I do think like off of him we get like one of the best bits so uh, we uh, we probably get one of the best bits from Mendo, where like that where everyone that where everyone's talking about how hot Ray is and like he doesn't believe it but, yeah, he's he actually sees it for
1: The only thing that matters is looks and how hot you are. And then he sees how hot he is. And then he's so inconsiderate. It's like, no. (laughs) It's about money. Uh. Money is what's more attractive.
2: Right. That's what it is. It's not looks at Uh, all. Yeah. Just takes one look at him and then he goes, oh no, he's hot. (laughs) That's
1: the level of insecurity that leads you to uh, panic buying an entire social
2: media platform. Uh, okay. As far as this uh, performance goes, as you know the, the big wild tiger looking creature, uh, yeah, nailed, nailed it pretty pretty uh, on the head. as the uh, debutante Playboy, quote unquote, very subdued, very laid back. I would describe it as the personification of Sex Panther from Anchorman. 60% of the time, it works every time. Combining hopeless romanticism with desperate simping. Uh.
1: He's so strange, but I I did enjoy his strangeness by the end of this. And then there's a... Bond, who is... She's a lot. Uh, Yandere alert! So, I'll say this. I wasn't fully sure what to expect from Donna. This is (laughs) the first time I've heard Donna in a thing. Um, I wasn't fully sure what to think of Ron's aggressively cutesy side. Like, I think she does a decent job, but I think it's that level of, like... I could tell even compared to some of the other people in this cast... Donna is definitely a little bit greener, but what really works for me is when Ron's fucking angry. <laughs> I thought her specifically just being like a shit kid and is like, "Oh, you took my boy, I'm gonna take your man, girl." <laughs> it's just kind of like being it, it kind of makes the fact that she's pulling like the fake cutesy girl card even funnier in hindsight. And I think from that perspective, I actually really did warm up a bit to Donna's take on Ron when I thought mm-hmm. I was a little rocky on it at first, but I was like no, she's kind of going for the fact that she's very two-faced in general and I think for a, for an absurd comedy like this, it actually
2: leads to some pretty fun, enjoyable reactions. Yeah, Sweet on the first meeting and then oh boy, she gets into no bullshit mode real quick. That girl would commit crimes if she was unintended.
0: Um, I have, oh there's nothing there's nothing about it she would just commit crimes.
1: She would just commit uh. crimes <laughs> <laughs> what, what what is the record of people who commit crimes versus are in a registry somewhere in Ursayyastra? Yes there's like a few characters I could say you have done nothing wrong and <laughs> deserve good things.
2: Uh, the the answer is uh, yes, considering some of these people uh, live in different plateaus of our uh, omniverse. For sure.
1: God, so it's, so yeah, aliens can just kind of travel just wherever through interdimensional portals and just, like, an air bike from Neptune, I guess, just for the sake of, hey, we're here for New Year's. Because who cares? This is gag comedy. All of this is gag comedy. Which means the people here are stronger than any Shonen protagonist. <laughs> That's how it goes. Like, literally just wrapped up the manga of Mashal, and it's like, the entirety of Mashal is that he is in a straight Shonen manga, but he is a gag character, which effectively makes him unstoppable. So yeah, uh... There's a lot of aliens that can just kind of come and go in particular. Like Benton and Oyuki in particular. So, I'll say this. Alyssa does a good job as Benton. I feel like her character doesn't have as much to do compared to some of the other ones. And didn't uh, leave as much of an impact for me. Not because I think she did a bad job, but she kind of shows up like two or three times. And her deal is... uh, Ataru, you're gross, get the fuck off me. And that's that's kind of been it. And I know that seems pretty synonymous with a lot of other people, but for her, it was basically Ataru, you're gross, get off me. Which is unlike Teresa Zimmerman as Oyuki, which is Oh shit. Oh, do you want to get with me even though you're in a committed relationship? Oh... This is so wrong, but oh no, you're already on top of me. Oh no, I'm already exposed. Oh, oh, what are we gonna do about it? Oh no! And hey, get that jazz music going. I want this to be spicy. Oh uh, Yuki's
2: just straight up like, oh god, yeah, take me now. Yeah, I like the song goes. You're as cold as ice. Yep. And willing to sacrifice our love. Until you meet her and then, uh. <sighs> yep.
0: Uh, uh,
2: Yeti cock block. Yep. Uh, to which I
0: do appreciate the eventual punchline when I was like, oh, as it turns out, she was trying to seduce Andrew to get him to do a bunch of labor for her. Because there is only one woman in the world who wants Andrew and only one.
1: <laughs> I I like how they It uh, sorry, but yeah, I I was actually really did enjoy Teresa's take on Oyuki as the kind of cold ice queen because she is pretty funny and sassy in particular, which I especially like the the new the New Year's episode where the grandpa is like doing the power ball and it's the powerful balls. Which how do you have two hundred kilogram pound balls?
2: Gag manga. That's why. Gag
1: manga. And she's like,
2: "I wanted money.
1: Should have given me money." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah. You, you fucking tell him, girl.
2: You 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 fucking shake him for everything he's worth." Yeah. I, I think uh, the roles beget the casting because you have icy cold blue and fiery red. It's it just it just fits with the personalities. And, it, and, it, and it's portrayed exceptionally well because, yeah, you have cold Ice Queen and Wild Redhead Biker Gang Girl. Which she's. As, as uh, the Italians would say, C'est fantastique. Which she's pretty good in that role,
1: too. But yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I Also, <laughs> actually, now I'm thinking about it. Quick shout out to Alyssa Merrick as Ryoko Mendo, whose whole deal is that she is just basically a, a shitty kid prankster and she just likes to <laughs> fuck with people. And you know what? That's a fun level of rich. It's like I'm gonna use my level of wealth to make a shitty board game and mess with my brother's friends.
2: You do deliver him food that gets spoiled after five days because it was carried on ox carts.
1: Oh, I saw the fucking food thing. I was like, oh, you're diabolical. Ooh, but yeah, no, that was a fun one. Um, but no, I, I really thought Talise. Teresa and Alyssa were very fun choices. I think Oyuki is definitely a very pretty character for sure, in particular. Benton's got that cool, fiery redhead thing. Sakura, Sakura is the hottest character. We're all in agreement, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's
2: yeah.
1: Good. Like, there's. I cannot believe her and Cherry even share jeans. Uh. <laughs> well, uh. It's bound to happen at some point. I guess. Which. I guess actually I should just give a shout out. Um, I can't fucking believe that's John Swayze as
2: Cherry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, for characters like that, there's a template to follow. And it was set by Paul Dobson many years ago. Though it's more like Miyoga in Yasha, and less like uh, a certain other character in a certain other Rumiko Takahashi show. Uh, Yeah, everybody keeps telling me about how that thing is the worst thing in Ranma. uh,
1: uh,
0: Yeah. yeah, If if you need an idea of how bad that is, uh, you you take Ataru and you take Masaroshi, you make them into the same character, you take away any likable traits they have, but also this character is invincible for some reason, like literally none of the other characters can touch them. And they're in basically every chapter after a while.
2: Oh... It stinks! Oh... Oh, that's... Yeah. Oh... Oof.
1: Oof. Okay. That being said, Cherry is not a pervert. Cherry is just a fucking weirdo? He's like a weird little Elmer Fudd-sized monk man. And he's just like, oh yeah, I'm just here every now and then inexplicably for the sake of comedy. Um, but also he's here to tell you that, Otru, what the fuck is your deal? Why are you so cursed? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, 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 I definitely do appreciate the really wacky boys, uh, God's has been about god, it. It's kind of funny you said that we're fun, because there was a Looney two joke I was going to make when we got to uh, Love and Otru, but I guess oh i <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah. I, I like what John Swayze does. Again, very uh, akin to Paul Dobson from many years ago. It again, the, the voice tends to fit the mold of the character here.
1: I think if I have any like reference, like I know John Swayze is a talented actor, but there's like maybe one other thing I can even think is similar to this, and it's it's a deep cut. You remember The Undertaker from Black Butler?
0: Uh, I haven't seen a lot of the Black Butler them, so... Um. Okay.
1: okay, the closest reference I could even think for his Cherry is The Undertaker from Black Butler. And even that's a little more grounded and bishy compared to Cherry... Who is just a fucking weird little freakazoid man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, to which I think, yeah. To which I think the best guy to do with that is like the whole thing where like <laughs> the whole thing where like they where, like where like they're on the beach and there's and and you see like there's this whole episode where you see this little boy who's supposedly like getting rid of a dog and like there's all this flashback to the boy, like spending time with a dog that you never see and it's like supposed to be really sad and sentimental. Then you open the box to see who the dog is.
1: It's fucking, it's fucking cherry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good, weird what-the-fuck uh. gag. Which, I like the little poachy thing, which I now see is Mark X Lizow- Liz- How do you say it? Laskowski? I think Laskowski. I think so. Which, which I liked him as the little poachy thing. I was like, I hope you get a break. Because you're a cute little freakazoid. Though so he just <laughs> doesn't understand public boundaries, and it's like... Sakura was going going to go to town on her boy there, and he just kind of broke their space.
2: <laughs> little cock block, doing his uh, best. Oh, poor Sakura. She tries to get some quality time in, but she just can't help but be pulled in into the orbit of these dwindling morons. Which... correct me if I'm wrong, Jet, I think this is
1: Brianna's first Houston dub? Because, like, a lot of what I associate with her is that she's done a number of stuff in the Dallas area. Most notable one is, I'm very familiar with, she's a lot of maternal, mother-like characters. And Miranjo, which there is an... There is so much to unpack about Miranjo as a character from Rankin Kings. But it is, she's just kind of like the hot big sister who's just not paid enough to deal with this bullshit. Uh, And also Uh, just a bodiless appetite. I like the fact that girls just got a big appetite and it's just like, damn girl, you you do you. Which uh... like, which like, the first time we see her boyfriend, he's just like, I just, here, I ordered something for you. And it's just basically like a comically sized like Buffet being brought to her, and it's like, oh, that dude is getting fucked good tonight. You know it.
0: Uh, 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 so I we her to decide to check it, and, and as far as I can tell, this is indeed her first entire thing, so let's
1: see. And she's great. Like Brianna is great. She's got the right level of like cool snark, but also like absurdist, like this is a bunch of absurd bullshit. Like, she's dealing with the <laughs> The, the cursed energy and then she exercises all her demons and they all go to Otaru because he's that cursed and she's like oh, I'm feeling so uh, much uh, better now uh,
0: thank uh, you uh, yeah, yeah, too, which, uh, I really have to appreciate her wide delivery while she's doing the chant because uh, 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 because if you notice well half of it is a legitimate chant after a while she just kind of starts leasing off food ingredients
1: <laughs> yeah I, I do notice at some point they just they're like yeah fuck it
2: uh, yeah, at times she can be absolutely manic, but also at times endearingly charming, albeit to a fault with uh, the simps everywhere, but hey, sometimes exercising some boxing gloves will help uh, cure those well wo- those woes of the day. As you do.
1: But also, girls just... I feel like as far as, like, girls who un- who set boundaries with the shit kid, it's like, okay, you set them pretty early... You knocked his ass out, but you're also like, you have a life that is outside of the shenanigans of the plot. Good for you. I'm happy for you, girl. Yeah. And, and like, good, good on you. I, I really like Brianna's performance. It's got that right level of sort of like cool, aloof, tough girl, while also being a little bit like sexy, sexy onaïon. Well, also just the right level of absurd bullshit comedy, exasperated, like, I'm too tired for this bullshit. Like, girl girl just deals with her uncle and just chucks him out of fucking, fucking window sometimes. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Brianna's kind of like exactly what this character needed. And yeah, no, Sakura is the hottest fucking character in the show. <laughs> Fuck, you fight me. Yeah,
0: uh, I agree. I mean, like, they'll leave. I would say the closest. I would say the closest competition, like maybe Love's Bob but uh, so probably Sakura.
1: Love, Love's Bob's pretty, but Sakura's. Oh, the lab. The lab coat does a lot, dude. The lab coat does a lot, and she gets them really good. All the girls get cute and/or sexy outfits, and it's like they're all tasteful. All of them are tasteful. It's, it's so wild watching what is basically a raunchy comedy and it's like oh this is all tasteful it's strange that's why this feels so al- <laughs> alien see what I did there
0: uh, you're you're uh, looking you're looking at, uh, you're looking at you tired you to the corner today
1: that's fair but yeah so that's a good
2: Bunch of the ensemble. There's probably more we could have mentioned. Yeah. There, there is more. I just want to give a special mention as well to uh, uh, the uh, Japanese voice cast as well because in a, in a, a handful of episodes, All right. there are uh, two characters just sort of just hanging around doing stuff. They're a big couple in love. They are voiced by the Japanese voices of. Inuyasha and Kigome, Kapi Yamaguchi, and Sasuke Yukino. And I think that's adorable. I think that's specifically
1: the episode with uh, Ray when they're chasing him and he's asking all the girls to marry him. And then they're like, oh, he's so dreamy. I'm leaving yeah. you, hubby.
2: And yeah, <laughs> they are in three episodes so far. Wait, they're in three
0: episodes?
2: That's what a says. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, wow. Well. Okay, so they're
1: recurring. That's cute, actually.
0: oh ah, ah, that's a nice one. And, uh, with that, uh, we're good to move on to our, we're good to move on to our main characters. Specifically, the weird, love square that kind of, uh,
1: <laughs> that kind
0: of evolved over the course of this show.
1: It, it certainly is a square, but it's like, I, I'm not even sure if any of these points are ever going to interact. <laughs> like, it's, it's, is this, will they, won't they? I don't even know.
2: It's what it's, are it, they. That's what it it's is. A, it, it's a perverse menagerie of can they coexist, It's what it is.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: I, the jury's
1: out there. I'm sure people who have even finished all the manga are like, I'm, I'm not even sure the jury's out there.
0: Yep. And so uh, getting into our main four, we have Love the Invader, Atura Moriboshi, Hino Mubiyaki, and Chutaru Mendo. Uh, Lum the Invader is, uh, look, okay, look, you all know why we're here. You've seen the posters, you know who this character is.
1: You know who Lum is. You know who Lum is. Even if you don't know who, even if you think you don't know, you know who Lum is. Everybody, you know, every anime creator, every artist you follow knows Lum the Invader and knows how cute, hot, and goddamn iconic she is.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, so she is the princess of the Yoni clan. She, uh, so, um, she comes with her dad to invade the Earth and challenges Altru to a game of tag. And uh, after um, she loses and mistakes uh, Altru proposing to Shinobu as proposing to her, uh, she so, uh, she starts following Altru around, and that's uh, pretty much more the basis of the show.
1: So... She is the origin to the shocking Pikachu jokes. Basically, is what I think. I came out of this realizing.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, <laughs> if you've seen uh, characters getting shocked, um, uh, female characters calling,
1: electrocuted for a gag.
0: Uh, if you see characters electrocuted for a gag, or girls like calling guys darling, it's like it all comes back to them.
1: Or like Sundere. G- g- Okay, real talk. I mean, she is kind of Sundere, but honestly, it's because Ataru just sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. literally just like, cuddle me, ew, get out of your way. No, I want to get Ooh. on this
2: new girl I just saw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, is the, it is the origin of Rumiko Takahashi's quote-unquote signature slapstick style, which I know some people aren't too into. <sighs> In this case, however, I think we can give it a pass because of how much of a garbage simp Otaru is. Uh, yeah. Why why question I know it's gag. Why does everybody stick their
1: hands up like they're doing the rocker thing whenever they're it, launching it, it,
2: it's what is that?
1: That's the thing I, I don't, don't get. I,
2: I don't know if there's actual historical context for it. All I know is that's also been like like a running gag of sorts, especially in Rumiko Takahashi titles.
1: It's like it's they're always just kind of sticking their fingers up, like they're a, like they're rocking out. Like I, I I don't get what that specifically is, but that's that's littered throughout the entire show. You see it everywhere.
0: Uh... I
1: also I also like how everybody voices and narrates the onomatopoeias. I think that was a cute little touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably should have mentioned that earlier. Anyways, so who plays this weird menagerie of?
0: Uh, yeah, I should uh, probably finish uh, going explaining really who all these characters are first. Oh right, uh, right. You're uh, still going through that. I'm sorry. Uh, so continuing, as uh, uh, so a continuing Asher, as we uh, pretty much been mentioning this whole time, uh, he's a very sleazy guy. He 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 sucks.
1: He sucks. Oh yeah, he sucks. The, the What makes this show work is that everybody knows he sucks. There is no... I don't think anybody is going to defend Ataru Moriboshi. I feel like people would defend Ataru Moriboshi now because I know people who are still... Tro- there are still... Some apologists for Kazuya from Rent a Girlfriend. So uh, anybody uh, okay, okay. can be hopeless enough.
0: Okay, okay, I will, okay. I will say this: Andrew is at least like more tolerable than your average protagonist.
1: He's more average than your isekai and like a bunch of a number of shitty rom com harem leads. Because a lot of the ones we get now, they market it so that you want to identify yourself and sell yourself in the fantasy of being the harem guy that everybody wants. This is just... Oh, dude's got a bombshell babe already, and he's ignoring her to perv on everybody else. Which is insane. Like, you don't understand. Like, this was 40 years ago? Can you imagine? Can you imagine that in, like, any other show? Just fumbling the bombshell babe that is so into you so hard (laughs) and going for every other girl
2: instead. Well, I I think the core difference then to now is that uh, nowadays you get titles where female characters are written to be inherently attracted to your uh, garbage isekai harem lead, whereas in this case, most people don't want anything to do with him or be around him for any reason whatsoever.
0: Yeah, pretty
1: much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so the funniest thing is, I thought there would be a much more um, long-lasting attraction with Shinobu and him. Nah. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, there's a funny story about that, but I want to uh, go over introducing Shinobu first.
1: Okay, go for it.
0: Uh, so, Shinobu... Uh, Shishinobu is is introduced in the story as Ataru's girlfriend, Uh, but uh, but then uh, later on in the story, trades up, quote-unquote, for Mendo because uh, Mendo's a nicer person, supposedly. But but that's basically the in-story reason for why this happens. The The meta reason for why this happens is much funnier. Uh, oh,
1: to tell! I need to know.
0: Uh, so the, uh, so Wendy's story. Uh, so Wendy, so in the earliest parts of the story, um, I guess I guess uh, back when the two was first starting out, Azurin and Shinobu were originally supposed to kind of stay together as a couple, and Love was specifically supposed to be like an antagonist who would occasionally show up to kind of get in the way of the relationship. But then, uh, as the series kept going, it turned out Love was extremely popular. So, th- so Takahashi did. Uh, so Sakahashi, seeing, uh, seeing that Love was incredibly popular, eventually decided to just kind of shuffle Shinobu to the side and make Love the heroine. And eventually the poster girl ended up, seeing as we are so here talking about the show, uh, definitely the smart decision.
1: So, you know what? That was a wise choice, because I feel like the antagonism between him and Shinobu is... not as fun... I, I think it's just not as fun where it's just, like, they realize, oh, this girl, this alien girl is just mean and clingy. And then it's clear, like, oh, no, she actually just really likes him. That's It's a little easier to sell that when she's not actively trying to destroy this relationship. And then at some point, girl just sees hot, like, diets, like, o- OG Seto Kaiba boy and is like... Yeah, fuck you, Ataru. I'm out. I'm I'm hopping on that. Uh.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, so the basic uh, yeah, so a uh, basic world story here is uh Sorry Islam is basically just anime girl Steve Urkel come come at me.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. You were explaining that to me earlier. You you will explain anime Steve Urkel <laughs> to the people. I I am not I going, get it. I'm not I go, get it. Yes. But there are also people like me who are like children or don't fully comprehend it. Explain it. Explain to me why one of the most iconic, attractive anime poster girls in history is also Steve Urkel. Elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
0: so for those, not, uh, so for those not, for those who are too young to remember the uh, eighties, and nineties sitcom Family Matters. Uh, so and that was reason we just got it supposed to be like a low key sitcom about a. About a black uh, middle, about a black like uh, middle uh, middle-income family, and uh, somewhere through like the first season or two, a character by the name of C was introduced, who is uh, uh, who is originally just who is originally attracted to the Winslow's daughter Laura, and uh, 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 just kind of following around a lot. He was originally supposed to be around for only like one or two episodes, but then he be, but then he somehow became a pretty popular character. So he just kept showing up and showing up. And then at some point he just basically became the main character.
1: So Okay, so that does make sense now that you've explained
2: that. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I watch old TV, so I knew what that meant, but yeah. Oh, right. We didn't talk about Mendo. Anyways, he's rich and hot. Yeah, he, he's a, a rich, hot simp he you know what he's a good boy he's just kind of lame yeah, he, he also doesn't like being in uh, closed areas with no lights. He, that's when he freaks out.
1: Yeah, that that feels like a genuine trauma. That it's like
2: if this weren't a gag thing, it's like oh, there's there's a story there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And they all and they've all been brought to life thanks to these wonderful individuals by the names of
0: Yep, uh, it, Frank the Invader, We have Dave Kelly for Otto Barbucci, We have David Wilson for Shinobu. We have. Cap Thomas, and for Mendo, we have Jack Sandsbury. Uh, Jane Kelly has played such characters as Akira Side, in Call of the Night, Ochida, in Girls in Panzer, that's Finale. Uh, those are basically the two uh, major things I can find, find for her. Um, she's a bit of a newer face in Sentai. Interesting, uh, okay. Uh, Nathan Wilson uh, has played such characters as Scale in The Eminence in Shadow, Ace of in Food Wars, Soon Soon Real Girl, and the thing I know him best for, Go to Kizuki and Run with the Wind.
1: I was watching this, and Steph was like, Why does he sound so familiar? Then I said it was Nathan Wilson, and she's like, Oh shit, that's Joji!
0: <laughs> uh, Kate Thomas has played such characters as now and Now in Zora, no Meiyasio in Release the Surprise, and Momo in The Executioner and A Way of Life. And then uh, Jack Sandsbury is another uh, somewhat newer face in Sentai who's uh, been getting. Uh, he's been doing pretty well for himself lately. He's the Duck Collector in Akama Maid War, uh, Doloru Bolster in Is It Rod to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, and uh, most recently, and big for this season, Aquamarine Hoshino in Ochinoko.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty big one. So, I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not. I, it might not be, but... I want you. I want your opinion of this one, gentlemen. If I told you that Jack Stansberry was the best performance in this dub, what would you say?
0: Uh, I would say, um, uh, yeah, I would definitely say it is up there for me. Um, per, I would actually kind of say neck and neck with Nathan Wilton, but yeah, Jack is really good. I
2: I would I would say you're not wrong. But there is steep competition. That's fair.
1: It's just. I'm very unfamiliar with Jack as a performer uh, compared to this. He's hilarious. His comedic delivery on this fucking weirdo rich boy freakazoid is hilarious, genuinely funny. Got actually a lot of good laughs out of his reactions, and the fact that he's trying to be this cool, hot guy that, like, all the girls are into. And just a lot of absurd reactions. Genuinely. Genuinely. Just... hilarious deliveries. Like, pretty much throughout the entirety of his screen time. Like, he's got... He's he's a fun character! (laughs) And he's a... And, like, yeah, I genuinely, like... This is the first I've really heard Jack in anything, and I walked away from this
2: extremely perf- impressed with his
1: work mm-hmm. honestly
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I liked it too has our designated quote-unquote pretty boy simp character like kuno and Rama or uh, any any of the other guys in the Yasha, not Amy and Nayasha but with more of an extra edge to him than those two combining elegance with well extra everything look we call him a
1: simp but like Ataru ain't cashing in that fucking uh, electrical socket. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, look, Ataru's not even going to attempt to put it in the electrical socket.
2: He's not even trying. It's just... I mean, for, for, for what it's worth, this guy's out here... Uh, digging up snow on planet Neptune, so he can get for flat- free,
1: so he can get flattered by cute Yuki Ona girls on Neptune. Honestly,
2: like, <laughs> look,
1: we look, we call him a simp, but like, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Like, if if you're just like, yo, fuck it, I'll I'll be nice. You'll, you'll your muscles will pay for it later. But hey. <laughs> They'll, uh. they'll warm. They might offer to warm you up after. It's all good.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think specifically the closing scene does kind of get you some energy in like a very funny way. Is uh, so, uh so it's specifically the episode with the tango girl, which is it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I love, I love the fact that it's like, why do I have to marry the first guy that wakes me up from a kiss? And then everybody's yeah. like, oh, I did it because they told me to. Oh, that just because it was tradition. What happens if you break it? I don't know. And then they just go all the way back in time, and then the dude was like, I didn't want to feel guilty about kissing a girl who was unconscious, so I just made it a tradition. And it's like, if that just isn't Catholicism in a nutshell there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <sighs> like, that was a good episode. Also, shout out to...
2: Uh,
0: bad oh. oh, I, uh man. I should have, I should have the credit here because I do remember that one. That was pretty funny. Uh.
1: Ch- Chani Moore as Kurama. Uh
2: huh.
1: Yeah, she was. She's very funny in that. And but no, like legitimately, like I walked away from this, like unfamiliar with Jack's particular r- work, and I walked away from this thinking, oh, he's he's got he's got some good chops on him. He was very funny and. I'm very happy to see he's getting a lot of big big work, and I can't wait to hear him in more.
0: Uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's really got the right energy for this. Uh, he does a really good edgy attaboy boy thing really well, and uh, he also gets to do a lot of really over the top reactions. And then and then of course he bits where like uh, he he finds out about his whole like phobia about the dark and stuff, and he does a pretty good job with the reactions there too. That's always pretty funny.
1: He's got good reaction noises, he's got a good stick up his butt, he's got very vindictive rivalry with Otaru, but he's got some great chemistry with just pretty much a lot of the other characters in general, and just, is very silly. He's a very silly character, and he is very much a welcome addition as
2: a boy who sucks way less than Otaru. Yeah, like, he's very he's very silly and very extra with everything. It's not that he doesn't suck.
1: It's that he he sucks less. And if you're going to make me say that the fucking rich billionaire kid is less shitty than your main character, then man your main character really sucks. <laughs> but they know mm-hmm. the key to Urusei Yatsura, is that the entire
2: thing is centered around how much Ataru sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially, especially since he can never uh, cash in the bag. Yep. Yeah, ever.
0: Yeah, but uh, before we get to those two, uh, we should briefly talk about you, the theater, you know, because you know is probably the one character in this whole ensemble who has done nothing wrong.
1: She really hasn't done anything yeah. wrong. Girl, like, I'm also realizing, God, just... Angry girl lifts something up for comedic purposes and smacks somebody with it
2: is just. Yeah. Yeah. She's just a constant display of exasperation and annoyance that comes through in this performance. But it's never unwarranted given the circumstances of what she has to put up with. And I think everything is delivered quite solidly in that regard.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She does a pretty good job with me, you know. And being a generally pretty nice person, uh, trying her best with, like, the hands he's all and then just flipping out whatever Otaru is Otaru because he deserve everything that happens to him.
1: I've heard Cat in a lot of different roles, so it's very interesting to hear what is basically kind of like this scorned, like, romantic comedy lead who's also just realizes, oh, yeah, I'm I'm, tra- I'm trading in these busted wheels for new hardware. <laughs> Which, I, I love the episode where they're trying to do the cave thing, and it's clear they all have ulterior motives and they keep going astray. And then it just ends with the two boys alone in the dark together and they're like, ugh, get off me, man! It's like, <laughs> like yeah. Ugh. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: uh, oh ah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good bit. And then I feel like that game just has a lot of As he has the pretty good... Of, she has a lot of good delivery throughout the show. And she's
1: got a lot of funny lines and she's got a really lot of good moments. I, I think I just... I really do like at some point where she just realizes he's not worth it and she just is a much more funny, free, and genuinely relatable character. Yeah.
0: And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of my favorite bits is that, like, when we, when Rey's introduced and he just keeps going on about how hot he is. And then it says, well, you know, like, I, I mean... His looks are pretty much all he has going for him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> She's just here to play everything as straight as can be. Which, uh, y- you need a straight person for, you know, this kind of comedy.
1: I had if really random... she
2: wasn't tied to a fucking simp.
1: I God, random thoughts. Are there gay shifts in Urusei Yatsura? Uh, I mean, uh,
0: I, mean there is, uh, I mean, there is one character who is, uh, so, uh, who I would say is not quite on egg status, but I feel is very, like... You can tell Takahashi's kind of on the cuff to doing that sort of thing.
1: That would literally be So basically, like, the prototype to what if I did a character that could be a boy and a girl?
0: Uh, so, uh, pretty, yeah, uh, pretty much that character shows up, I think, uh, maybe a couple of episodes after episode 11.
1: Okay, okay. I think I know which one you mean, too. I think that's the one uh, Rachel Omasera plays? Yep. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I-, I think I will stick with this, but I can just kind of go with it at my own pace now, so... I I did enjoy my time with this, and I, I think, yeah, Kat's re- very fun as Shinobu in particular. So, as much as I could say Ataru sucks... I won't say the same for
2: Nathan Wilson. I think he is delightful. Oh, uh, oh, he 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 knocked it out of the park here. Uh,
0: he's, he, a, he's doing a really great job at just playing the worst person you know. Yeah,
1: like he is he has got the right level of like shitbag goofy asshole energy, and he is just absolutely nailing
2: a bunch of this comedic. Zany bullshit out of the park, and it's just a- able to switch on a dime between uh, done with this and desperate simp energy, but well, all with all some solid determination to it uh, when the motivation hits him, of course. Hmm.
0: Oh uh, yeah, it, it's really delightful and I'm weird, and I, not, it's actually not a weird comparison, but uh, th- but I feel like uh, if you've heard the dub to Mister Otomatsu, it kind of reminds me a lot of Billy the Amatsu
1: Mm, you know what? I I hear it actually. Now that you mention it, man, See, that's high praise because I remember you you yourself straight up said Billy Kometz as uh, Otsumatsu made you like that character more.
0: oh uh, yeah, bad. Uh, this isn't quite this isn't quite on the same level as that, but it's it, it's a really fun performance. It's Nathan's really Nathan's delivery just knocks out of the park every time. Oh, uh, a lot of his line reads are really funny. He gets, he also gets a lot of the best lines in this show, which I appreciate.
1: <laughs> he he's got a lot of very crazy deliveries, and even though he's an asshole, he's like he's got some really fun lines throughout the entirety of this oh. weird little yeah. Shit. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah yeah. And to get into the looney tunes analogy that I uh, alluded to before, uh, hear me out here we have here. The show is basically like, what if you took, like, you know, the basic setup of Looney Tunes, but instead of, uh, but instead of Bugs Bunny playing golf of Daffy Duck, it's Bugs Bunny playing golf of Peppy Le Pew. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just from one moment going, hey, you're ruining this. Get out of here, you stupid shithead. To, so, Hey, baby, what's up? You want my number?
1: Oh, Christ.
2: <laughs> On a dime.
1: But no, like, I think legitimately, like, this this is some very great comedic work from Nathan in particular. I think he's definitely got a very solid foundation of this character already. And I think he definitely gets even better as the show goes on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, especially uh, during one key moment where there was a sudden discussion about his uh, supposed retirement. And everyone's going out, going... So who's gonna be the main character now? God, that was a z- <laughs> that was a zany
1: bit, but it's like, oh, you could tell this was a real thing. It's like, yeah, what if I, what if I just, <laughs> <laughs> you,
2: that's the most like this is gag ca- comic bullshit, yeah. and they know yeah. it. Yeah, uh, all for the revelation of I was just talking about res- resi- retiring from being class president. God damn it!
1: Ah, you gotta love those misunderstandings.
2: <laughs> But it's not about him. It's (laughs) about her. It always was.
1: I will say this. I think Jade takes a little bit to get the groove of Love.
0: Yeah, 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 I do think it takes maybe uh, about three quarters of the first episode or so, I would say.
1: I, it's it's very clear that it's like this one is not a seamless one. I think it took, I'd argue, maybe even like two episodes to really
2: get what this one is going for specifically. It's, there is a bit of setup time needed for it, but, but once the flow is found, it works out really well. I would agree. I think she's definitely got the right level
1: of like cute girl that really wants her hubby to notice her
2: but the right level of, like, anger, sass, pout to her as well. I, ha- I have laid it out like this, and hopefully someone out there knows what the hell I'm talking about. Combine the subdued snark of Willow Johnson's Kasumi Tendo, the more aggressive tendencies of Miriam C. Royce's Akane Tendo, and the early, quote-unquote, modern teenager dialect, the freak-me-out moment of Monica story's Kagome, and you have this rendition of LUM, which is to say, the ultimate Romiko Takahashi lead character template. Hmm.
1: But, yeah, no, I, I think, like, Jade, it's definitely gotta be, like, kind of intimidating to get, like, one of your your first lead role in what is a legacy character like this. But I think when it comes to it, she absolutely does step up to plate, she's got the right level of energy. She's got the right level of like she's got the right level of like love-struck dork,
2: but also just angry at how much her dork sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you, you, ha- you got to be going back and forth uh, with that quite often.
1: And she's even manages to get a couple of the notable tender moments down, like like mm-hmm. I think like ebbend of episode five, which. Yeah, shout out to the British accent she pulls off to try and save his ass. I thought, I, I love that so much. There's, like, that genuine tenderness about how much she really does care and really does want to be there. And even when, like, she leaves because he does not appreciate her. Because he doesn't. Uh, and it's like, you see that Ugh. bittersweet, like, having to come to terms with if just goodbye, my darling. And it's like, Oh. Oh, she's got the tender drama to it, too. It's Silly sla- uh, slaps of comedy, but it's got the... T- she's got the tenderness down, too, which I wasn't expecting. She's got that down bad, too. It's, it's definitely one of those it took a little bit to get there, but I definitely say by, like, the halfway point of the series, Jade absolutely nails what this character needed to work. Mm-hmm. And does a pretty did pretty stand-up job all around.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I really do like the performance. It's uh, it's very well-rounded. She definitely has think uh, She definitely gets these AD energy across really well and had some pretty good line deliveries. And then, as you were mentioned before, whenever you know you... whatever you need a tender movement, she does pretty well. Do does pretty well, though, too. I did, like, the band in episode 5, then later on, and I think... And it was, like, episode 10 or so, like, the whole separation thing, I thought that was pretty...
2: Yeah... Yeah, that's another requirement of uh, shows from this creator. Those tender romantic moments. You gotta know when to really dial it back and reel it in. She does it quite well in that regard. Which is uh, uh, even more astonishing and, and impressive. What the hell am I saying? It's impressively astonishing. God, oh, I'm trying to get tongue-tied here. When you combine that with the more zany slapstick moments, or just the, you know, the basic level comedic moments, like how she has to interpret for her mother, who speaks this fake alien language. And there's a misunderstanding. Oh. Because comedy. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, that was a pretty good bit.
2: Hmm.
1: But, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I very much enjoy this core cast of characters, and I think, honestly, was very impressed by this whole ensemble in general.
0: Oh uh, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, uh, definitely a pretty, yeah, Definitely pretty good ensemble. I really do. I really do like how all four of these performances turned out. I thought uh, they were all really well done. Just uh, uh, pretty impeccable. And with that, I think we are good to move on to the final thoughts.
2: All right.
1: This was a lot more enjoyable than I was expecting it to be. Not not just because I I didn't know what to expect from like a retro gag style like raunchy comedy series. But also from a modern, like, Sentai dub of what is a legacy property like this. And what I got was a lot more fun, and also a lot better than I was expecting. I think definitely Sentai dubs can be good, and definitely can be really solid. But I think sometimes it can be at the mercy of how how strict to the script... They are able to stay or stray from, and the fact that this project in particular was able to stray and really go with a much looser, just have fucking fun with it approach, really, really helps the show a lot,
2: and I think it's all the better for it. Considering my background of going, of uh, having a lot of experience with. Uh, dubs of the other Mika Takahashi series, mainly Inuyasha, Rama One Half. I-, I kind of knew what to expect going in with the groundwork of this being a gag comedy series. We're going to get a lot of zany slapstick with a lot of uh, exacerbated delivery, for lack of a better term. I got that and then some. Like I mentioned, it's it's laid out like a sitcom, like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or Married with Children with more chaotic tendencies of a show like Excel Saga. Everything just gets dialed up, and I think it it paid off in the end. This is fantastic. It's a great, quote-unquote, modernization of what is a modernization. I'm down for more. We got a second season. Uh, the show will be coming back in 2024 to finish up uh, the second half of its
1: run. Because they, they announced this as going to get, like, a full year's worth of episodes. Uh-huh. Which they now just basically split it up into twenty-three episodes for this first half, and then twenty-three more in twenty twenty-four, which is not a bad way to split up, things considered.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to the rest of that. And as for me, uh, I so I had a really good time with this. Time. Uh, like I do think I wasn't quite sure what to expect from it. Both the be- as a because I wasn't sure how this sort of legacy title was going to be handled in general and then I didn't know how Sentai was going to handle dub wise. But um, it's so, uh, uh this reboot turned out to be pretty fun and the dub turned out to be pretty fun. Um, Sentai definitely uh, it took a bit longer than we were expecting to get this dub, but uh Sentai clearly used it used that extra time really well. Um, the direction here is generally is generally solid. There's a lot of fun casting choices. The script is uh, appropriately punchy, which is definitely needed for this kind of comedy. It's a it's a really well-rounded effort from them, and I'm really impressed with how this one turned out. So uh, yeah, if you have if you have any interest in the classics, or I guess a, or I guess a more accessible version of the classics, this is uh, definitely something I would say is worth checking out. At the very least, you at the very least you will gain a deeper familiarity with like certain anime tropes.
1: By the time this episode comes out, the entirety of the first half of Our yatra listed as season one and season two, the dub will be available to watch on High Dive.
0: Yep. So uh, definitely check that out. So, uh, be, uh, so yeah, that uh, so yeah, that more or less wraps things there. So, so, uh, so uh, we are the Dub Dot Podcast. Uh, you can find us on. So, uh, you can find us on the Twitters,
1: the. Instagram. We have a twit. We have a Twitter account. We have an Instagram and Tumblr, which we have started back up again. Uh, we also, you, yeah.
0: Yeah, we would make as dead jokes, but honestly, it, it's Twitter is dying right
1: now. Oh, uh, it's Tumblr is fucking fine compared to the Twitter, which is just a <laughs> shaky foundation. <sighs> we'll, we'll ride that boat till we get there, and we are, of course, always exploring other options because at this point, it's just.
0: Uh, yeah, which
1: which is the better, which is the? Do you know how hard it is to find a social media I like? Because at this point, it's just it's rough. Yeah, we'll find something. Don't worry. Just please bear with us.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, you can find new episodes of the podcast on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can find us there. And uh, if you'd like to support anything we do, uh, you can do, you can support us through a one time today to do our kofi or you can be one of our lovely patrons. And, uh, be, and before we end it tonight, I'd like uh, to give a shout out to our patrons. In the $5 tier, we have Megan's mom and dad, Michelle and Travis, and Victor and Ramona. And in the $10 tier, we have Anthony Brown, Karina and Julia W., Kim with Soup, and Otaku Anthony thanks for all your support guys we really appreciate it
1: we love your faces
0: Um, and uh before we wrap things up tonight is there anything you guys would like to plug
1: I mean my usual go to plug like my name is Andrew aka Classy Spartan you can find me over on Twitter at Mangaman9000 and my only other plug is the thing we all do together Usually yeah, it's like you, my, my fellow Dub Talk co-host, Jet, and it's also Alex here, too. This yeah, is literally you, you just already, podcast o
2: You already mentioned my show, I Don't Like the Internet. That's all I have to say. I don't think
1: your show's called I Don't Like the Internet. It's Surreal Resolutions podcast Yeah, ONA. yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Look, I got the shilling for you. Don't worry, I got you, Bo. Mm.
0: Gab. Um, so uh, as for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vine Biggie, where I'm, I'm usually just uh, be talking about anime news or comics or video games or I don't know, whatever is happening in the world. Cause there's always cause there's always things happening. Uh, I so, uh, I also uh, free blends, right occasionally, and I also have a new blog and I also have a new blog that I've been writing things on the Dirty Abyss where. Uh, I've usually just been doing uh, weekly randoms and whatever show-to-jump things I'm reading. And then, and then beyond that, uh, you can also find me on 3Resolutions.com alongside um, these two guys here. So, uh,
1: hey, so. what's good? Yep.
0: Yep, uh, so uh, yeah, I guess that uh, more or less wraps, wraps, wraps things up for tonight. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys.
1: No problem, man. This was uh-huh. this was a fun one to do, and I appreciate you for inviting me to check this one out, because I probably would not have otherwise. Thanks, man. Seconded.
0: Uh, yeah, man. thanks for joining us tonight. We're real glad to have you here.
1: Yep. Alright. Yep. So that was the raunchy... This was literally, like, so wild to watch, because this is the progenitor of all of the anime all of the anime bullshit everything good bad and in between it all comes back to rumiko takahashi in particular a woman with nothing to prove but basically is the reason you are here doing what you're doing, isn't it?
2: Uh, she created everything you love. Put some respect on her name, you cretins. It, it literally is just like five or six people that just made all of them. Uh, Good for her.
0: Uh, pretty much. So uh, yeah, that more or less wraps things up. Uh, thanks for joining us, friends, and until next time, I'm Taco on Friends.
1: Don't fumble the electric oni princess. Never fumble the electric oni princess. <laughs> yeah, you you get it, Ash. Don't fumble the cute Oni girls, right? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, right. Good night, everybody, and Otaku on. Bye! <laughs>